Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must not only believe that he exists, but he, that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I think one of the greatest ways to diligently seek God and be rewarded, as that scripture says, is just to listen to the word of God, to hear the word of God, by the spirit of God, to read the word and then also hear preaching, to listen to podcasts like this that try to unpack the word. And I just think it's wonderful that uh, you would take the time today to listen to this podcast I've got something very special for you. I I believe, according to the scripture that I just read, that you will be rewarded. I think that um, evidence of us, uh, evidence of faith is sometimes just us taking the time to listen to a podcast, to to dig down into the Word of God somehow by re- you know reading the scriptures, hearing from God, praying. Uh, just setting aside, uh, setting aside some time, carving out some time for God throughout the day. I am a big proponent, huge, uh, probably the biggest focal point of my ministry is trying to convince people to give God the first fruits of your day, to rise up early like Jesus did, and to seek God in the quiet hours. Have the house to yourself. Have that quiet time where the phone's not ringing and the social media is not exploding and all the media that's out there. The attack of the media nights, <laughs> I call it. All the noise of this world. Quiet yourself and you will hear from God. It's a promise that's in the word. You just have to sit there of your own free will. You have to carve out that time for God and say, here I am, God. Speak to me, and he will speak to you. He absolutely will. He promises if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has God not said it? And will he not make it come to pass? Every word of God can be believed. And that word that says seek and you'll find, well, it's there. Seek and you'll find. Anyway, I have a message today that I think is just going to bless your socks off. And it's called No Longer Under the Law. No Longer Under the Law. My original title for this message was going to be called Only Quoting Half the Verse. So that's probably, let me use that as the subtitle. No Longer Under the Law. And then the subtitle, Only Quoting Half the Verse. And God was just showing me some verses this morning that I myself just quote half of. And, you know, I, I was thinking about how the devil... When Jesus was led, right after he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he was led by that same Spirit out into the wilderness. And you can find this in Matthew in the fourth chapter, and then also Luke in the fourth chapter. Right after he was baptized by John, and he came up out of the water, and God spoke from heaven and said, This is my son, my beloved son, in him I am well pleased. Immediately he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness on our behalf, Let me stress that on our behalf, he who knew no sin became sin for us, right? He came down from where he was 
so that he could bring us up to where he is, holy, pure, righteous, perfect. So anyway, he came down and the first thing that happens to him after he gets baptized with the Holy Spirit is he's led into the wilderness and into the temptation. And I was looking at how the devil tempted him and the devil actually just took scripture and he took parts of scripture. And I thought, wow, if the devil is just quoting parts of scripture, how much damage is he doing to us, to me today by me only quoting half the verse? Let me give you an example. I think that's the best way to teach is by example. So let me just say the scripture and you're going to you're going to say, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Well, that's not the whole scripture. We always quote part of it. And I do it, too. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's no condemnation in these messages. And here it is. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. How many times have you heard that? We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And that is part of part of Romans 3.2.3. And it's probably the devil's favorite part in a way because he takes the scripture. Keep in mind, Satan knows the word of God better than most Christians. I would say better than all Christians. He knows it. And he takes it and he twists it. He's done that in the beginning in the Garden of Eden, did God really say? He gets you to doubt the word of God. And the best way he does it is to take part of it and make it sound like he's, he's coming up with something good, but he's, he's not. He's, he masquerades as an angel of light. So here it is, Romans 3, 2, 3. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's no period there. There's a semicolon, and it says... Being justified, the, sec, the, the next part of the scripture says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth to be a propitiation. That means a satisfaction of wrath. To be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of those that believe in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's the whole scripture. And actually, if you go before Romans 3, 2, 3, it says, it says that, uh, uh, let me start in 3, 2, 1. But now, that's right now. God is a right now God. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all of them, uh, upon all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely, free gift of salvation by grace through the redemption that's in Christ. Christ paid for our redemption. He paid for the forgiveness of our sins. And we are no longer under the law. And this is where I really want to dig in today with this message. Here's another scripture, Romans six 14. I've quoted this my whole Christian walk. And it says, we're no longer under the law but under grace. And this is going to be the pinnacle scripture for this message, no longer under the law. There it is in Romans 6. But guess what? That's not all of the verse. I've been quoting that forever. We're no longer under the law, but under grace. 
Not only that, that's not even all of 614. I just took a part of it. We're no longer under the law, but under the grace. Here's the scripture. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are no longer under the law, but under grace. That verse is saying sin shall not dominate you anymore. You're no longer under the law, but under grace. Are you being dominated by sin? Do you feel like you're just battling sin? Do you feel like you're just losing the battle? I often do, and here's the answer. Sin shall not dominate you. Well, that sounds good. How do I get there? Well, you're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. What shall we say then? It says in the next verse, 615, because we're not under the law, but under, what shall we, oh, what, here's what it says. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall no longer have dominion or dominate you, for you're no longer under the law, but under grace. Right? And that means under the Spirit of Christ. And it says in the next verse, What then? Question mark. Shall we sin because we're no longer under the law, but under grace? God forbid that we would sin. Wow. God forbid we're no longer under the law, but under grace. Do you know that the law was given by God to lead men to Christ? It says this in Galatians 4, that the law was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. Do you know that 1 Timothy 1.9 says that the law is not for a righteous man? That means it's not for you and I who have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, by the gift of the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ, or what we call the finished work of Christ? Do you know that we have been made righteous in God's eyes by the finished work of Jesus Christ? It is finished, Jesus says. 1 Timothy 1.9, or let me start with 1.8. It says, we know that the law is good if it is used lawfully. What does that mean? The law being used lawfully, the purpose of the law is to bring us to the end of ourselves. Romans 3.20 says, through the law we have knowledge of sin. But once we are brought to that, to our knees by the law, it brings us to, the, to our death. It then leads us to Christ where we find new life in him. And then listen to this, 1 Timothy, we know that the law is good if it's used lawfully, semicolon, knowing this, knowing this, pay attention, wake up, knowing and know this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane. It's for murderers, murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. Talks about homosexuality, men stealers, liars, perjured persons. And if there be anything that's contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel, that means good news of the blessed God, which has been committed to my trust, Paul says, and now it's committed to our trust. The good news of Jesus Christ 
leads us away from the law. Do you know that in Colossians 2.14, it says the handwriting of ordinances, and now I have to, it's taken a long time for me to finally declare this with boldness, but it says in Colossians 4, uh, in, in uh, 2.14, I'm going to read this. It says that the handwriting of ordinances, what was written by the hand of God? What was the handwriting of God? The Ten Commandments. It says the handwriting of ordinances stood against us, right? The law is like a mirror that shows us our sinful nature. That's the purpose of the law is to show us, oh God, I am helpless, I am hopeless. I am brought to the end of myself. I'm brought to my knees. I'm brought to repentance. It's a schoolmaster that leads us to Christ. But once we're brought to Christ, we're no longer under the law. We're no longer under that tutor, that schoolmaster, that harsh schoolmaster. Colossians 2.14 says, let me actually start with 2.12 or 2.11 Sorry, I'm going to go to 2.10. We are complete in him, in Christ. He is the head of all principality and power, in whom, in Christ, we were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, not a physical circumcision in the flesh, but the putting off of the body of sins by the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. We were buried with him in baptism and were also risen with him through faith in the operation of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has quickened by the Holy Spirit, right? Together with him, he united us, he sealed us, one spirit, and has forgiven you of all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. And this is Colossians 2.14, I want to key on this. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances. That's the Ten Commandments that was against us and was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And he spoiled the principalities and powers and he made a show of them open, openly, triumphing over them in it. All the powers of darkness, all those under the leadership of Satan, a third of the, ho- the, an- the fallen angels, a third of the angels in heaven are fallen and all being led around by Satan all doing the same thing or trying to to us to bring us back under the law. This is how Jesus defeated these principalities and powers and spoiled them. He took the law out of the way. The devil can no longer use the law against a born-again believer who's been born by the Spirit of God, who's been raised to new life in Christ, sealed with Christ in one spirit. The law cannot be used against you anymore. You who says, oh, well, we got to know, we got to stay under the Ten Commandments. Are you one of those people? Are you a religious person that says, well, we just got to follow the Ten Commandments? You don't even know the Ten Commandments. You couldn't even recite the Ten Commandments. Hypocrite. You're no longer under the law, but under grace. What's the best way to keep the Ten Commandments? Walk in the Spirit. The Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Talking about sinning. Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 
Listen to this, and I'm going to close with this. You just, we just, I'm going to have to preach on this again because I, I just, this is amazing to me. This is so eye popping, eye opening. This has made my heart happy. I hope it's making your heart happy. I'm going to cl- close with Romans 13 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. Another translation says, Owe no man any debt but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. There's the law again. If you walk in the spirit, walk in love, purpose to love others above yourself, put others ahead of yourself, you will fulfill the law of God. You will keep the Ten Commandments better accidentally than you ever could on purpose. Oh, Jeff, I don't believe that. Well, then let me read on and read what God says in his word. I don't care what you think. You don't know the word of God. Read the word of God. I don't care about your thoughts. I care about God's thoughts. And here's what the word of God says. Oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this, and here comes the commandments that you love so much. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. He only lists, I think, four there. Thou shalt not covet. And if there shall be any other commandment, he's talking about the rest of the commandments of God. All of them. It is briefly comprehended in this one saying, namely, love your neighbor as yourself. He sums up all the commandments of God by saying, love your neighbor as yourself. For love works no ill towards his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Wow. Wow. It's time for us to wake up out of our sleep. For our salvation is now here. It's nearer than when we first believed. Read Romans 8 today, brothers and sisters. Read it and see that this new life in the Spirit, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Wow. I hope this message has blessed you. I just hope you walk today in the word and in the spirit along the narrow path. That path is Jesus Christ, that he leads you and guides you today by his word and by his spirit and keeps you, when you walk in the spirit, keeps you aware of his presence 24-7. He died for the remission of our sins. He shed his blood for us and he was raised to new life by the power of God. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ was God's amen to that atoning sacrifice. It is finished. And now we are raised to new life with him and seated with him in heavenly places far above all the principalities and powers and all the dominions all the dominion of darkness brothers and sisters go out today walking in that spirit of Christ and you will fulfill the law of God better accidentally than you ever could on purpose i love you and i thank you for sharing this message with someone else god bless